You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Bring along the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to add a sprinkle of joy to your workday. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. such a fan of women doing powerful things with their lives. That's sort of what I love to focus on most in my podcast. And I know you also have a podcast. Um, Uh I am so honored to talk to you because you are, you're a mother of three and two of your children have Down syndrome and you have become, you adopted all three. And you have become an advocate for inclusiveness and for inclusiveness with, ch- inclusiveness with children and fostering how everyone belongs, which is the name of your newest book that is out. You're also a New York Times bestselling author for a book, Different, A Great Thing to Be. You've written four books total now. I mean, you are just a force of nature. So I'm so happy to have you, Heather. Thank you for joining me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for having me. You're so kind and generous. Thank you. So I want to start with your journey to motherhood. Tell me a little bit about that and how you ended up in the adoption process. And was it, did you know that you wanted to adopt children with Down syndromes or how did, how did this all come to be? And then how did this become your mission? Sure. Um, It was never the plan. That's like step one. Sometimes people will think, wow, what an amazing thing you've done. And it's just, I think that a lot of us find ourselves stepping towards something, the unknown, and it becomes an amazing thing that we get to participate in, but there's no like heroic efforts involved. So with my, I had infertility, have infertility, can't have children naturally. And that our next step was adoption. This was 15 years ago or so, a little more than that when we started the process um, to adopt and said, went with a private agency, wanted a healthy infant. And, you know, to be real honest in the last 15 years, if I were to pursue adoption today, it would be very different than how I did 15 years ago. How so? Um, 
it's a really, it, it, this could be a whole, its own whole podcast. I spent a lot of time in the last few years, really listening to the voices of adult adoptees. Um, and my middle daughter is also adopted, doesn't have down syndrome, but she's African-American and Guatemalan. My husband and I are both Caucasian. So we are, we have a transracial adoption as well. And listening to a lot of transracial adoptees and meaning, um, the person, the adoptee is a different race than their adoptive parents. And I went into adoption 15, 16 years ago, mostly with me in mind. Uh-huh. I wanted to be a mom. Right. I wanted yes. a child, right? Yes, yes, And yes. not I really looking that. at that triad of a birth family, birth mom, an adoptive child and an adoptive parent. And that okay. we, we are the adoption space in the United States, especially, well, it's the only space I'm familiar with, but um, there's a lot, the, the adoptive parent holds most of the power okay. and it's really harmful for the whole group, the whole narrative, the, the adoptive child initially. So I went into it just like, give me my baby, my I baby, be a mom. Yes. yes. yes and yes, hopefully yes. this birth mother wants nothing to do with this child. And probably they made terrible choices to even get to this place in life. I mean, very judgmental. I was 24 yes. when I started. So at but you know what? I feel like that's a really normal place to be with it because I struggled with infertility and I miscarried and like had all that struggle. And like, when you want to be a mom, you want to be a mom. It's like only thing you can think about. It's all consuming. And of course, like I wouldn't even know to think about if I was going to enter into adoption, how does the birth mother feel? Now you're adopting a child who is of a different race. Now, what are they going to feel like living with parents of a different race? I mean, gosh, so true. Thinking about the whole picture. Yeah. And we've, and I always say in every, all my work in life, you can't know what you don't know. So there's just unlimited grace for that. But I, whenever I'm sharing now, you know, 16 years later to new people, I feel like I have to to say something about that because I went with a private agency. I just wanted a healthy infant and I don't know. And when people come to me and say, Hey, I want to adopt, tell me your advice. That would not be my advice. My advice would not be go to a private agency and get a, and buy a healthy infant. It's really nuanced and complicated and layered and so my advice is listen to the voices of adult adoptees and birth parents, immerse yourself in that conversation, then decide how you're going to move forward. That's so you would say talk to adults who have gone through the adoptive experience. That's what you would say? Yeah. And not the my, agencies. That would be, well, that'd be my starting point for learning. And then you have to go through some sort of agency, or I would say go through the foster care system, whatever, wherever that is, it's different state by state. Um, but before you even start pursuing adoption, Make sure you've listened to a lot of adult adoptees and birth parents. Listen to everybody, all the stories. They're going to be different because it's not a monolith. Everyone's different, but listen to all of that. I wasn't doing that. I was very uneducated when I started the adoption process. I want to be clear when you say adult adoptees, is that an adult who has been adopted or that is an adult who has adopted a child? An adult who has been adopted. An adoptee. You go hear their stories though, yes. of a child of a, a grown adult who has been adopted. Man, that's br- okay. That gosh. Yeah. Yes, and hear their story and their advice on it. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now that and you their say experience, that. Yeah. Yeah. And you hold it all with you hold it all with open hands in that hopefully we're lifelong learners, right? And we're constantly changing and growing. And so you can't hold on to anything too tightly or else you miss the bigger picture, True. which I think in my twenties, that's what I was doing. I don't know if everyone does that in the twenties. Like I knew everything when I was of in course. my twenties, right? I knew everything. So yeah. So anyways, that's the long, that was a very long um, side note. <laughs> I love but, it. So I started the, we started the process, wanted a healthy infant, which your best way to get a healthy infant is to pay the big bucks with a private agency, um, which again is problematic in my personal opinion. But 
we said no to everything on paper that our daughter was. So we said no to all kinds of health issues, no to disability. And then we got an email. You said no, you don't want health issues and you don't want disabilities. Correct. Mm -hmm. And we got How an email. How can you guarantee that? I wonder. Well, I mean, when you're, when you're adopting, you literally could, like a birth mother could choose us while she's pregnant, have the baby. We find out that baby has Down syndrome. We can back out. We okay. can say, no, we'll wait for the next baby. Um, that okay. is, a, that is an option. Okay. Yeah. Which is wild. So you can um, decide you don't want to do, move forward once you've already kind of made the right. contract and agreement. Okay. Right. And, and usually birth, a lot of times babies will have already been born or there's things that are known. So when you're making an adoption plan, you have like pages of a checklist of every single health thing you could imagine. You're saying yes or no to, I'm open to it or I'm not. And then an, um, your social worker won't even present babies to you that don't meet the checklist. Okay. So that was our daughter, Macy on paper, who she was, we had said no to, but we found out about this little girl in a passing conversation with our social worker. And it was a little girl with down syndrome. And again, she wasn't presenting her for us. We were just having a conversation about how's it going at the agency at large. And as soon as I heard that, I couldn't unhear it. Um, I couldn't unknow it. There's now this baby with down syndrome and I did, and I'm a person of faith. And so there was a moment too, for me of like, something was happening like in my spirit, like in my being that was changing, knowing this information. I was mad about it. I didn't want that. I was mad. And I wish that I had not known that. Um, what did, what then, did you feel now that you knew it? Why, why were you wishing you hadn't known it? Because this wasn't your baby at the time. What were you, right. were you feeling? What were you feeling? What was the madness? The feeling was um, the like deep down in my deepest heart of hearts. I knew that I needed to take a step towards this baby, whatever that looked like. Because so and many that, people wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something changed in me when I heard that there was a baby with Down syndrome placed at the agency. And so then it was a conversation with my husband because he wasn't a part of that initial conversation with the social worker. And he and I discussing about like... Um, well, should we do this? Should we not? And we were like, well, let's think about it. Let's pray about it. Let's take a next step. And what that looked like was wanting to say no, not wanting to say yes, but knowing I couldn't say no. That's what, that was my whole, that journey from learning about this baby to bringing her home. She was three and a half months old and she came home. Um, was, was, I do not want to say yes to this, but I can't say no. So let's learn more. Let's learn more. And in the learning, what a place was, to be. And I do not want to say yes to this, but I can't say no. I mean, what a complicated set of feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that's like a lot of parenting. I don't know. It's like having kids is just a whole trip, whether they're adopted or not, whether they're have disabilities or not. Right. Um, so we, we started taking steps towards her and then found out she had all this health issues. And it was like, she's not going to live to be past five years old. If her, if she's lucky, it was just very complicated. And, and that that's why it took so long, the three months before she came home. But in that time, learning more, having a better idea about her health, but she came home with, she had down syndrome, which at that point is a back burner issue because she also had um, a con congenital heart defect and needed open heart surgery a month after coming home. And then she was on oxygen 24 seven for this lung condition multiple medications. So we brought home a medically fragile child. And again, it was like, we couldn't say no, we didn't want to say yes. But when we finally said yes, I say she was my scariest and my best yes. And there was this release, this relief and this release when we said yes to her of like, this is what we were, this is it. Yes was the right You're answer. You're made for this. It was just so hard to say it. Um, 
Because and, exactly, because we all want like a perfect situation. We all think yeah. that everything in life is supposed to be perfect. And, you know, like it's not. And sometimes like all your books are saying and all your messaging is saying the greatest blessings come from the imperfections. And mm -hmm. just because something's not perfect doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect life experience. When something's not perfect on pa paper, that's often the biggest learning blessings and leaps we make in our soul and spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I think that was like the greatest lesson that Mace, our, so our daughter's name is Macy, that Macy gave us was this idea that we think we know what we want and what's best. And the, one of the greatest gifts in life is to be able to hold all of that with open hands and to say, yes, I'm going to pursue this thing. And yes, this is where my, what my heart desires. But if I hold it real openly, then I'm, then I have opportunities for things that may be way better than I ever could have expected, but I, you can't know what you don't know. And to, and like that idea of embracing the unexpected, like that's the thing we're going to hold on to is the, when the unexpected finds us that we're going to hold loosely our expectations and let the unexpected find us and step towards it and see what happens. Because at like in October of 2008, someone handed me a baby and after years of infertility, I'm holding this little baby and yeah, on paper, she's a hot mess but she's a baby at the end of the day, like at night I'm laying her in her bed and she's a baby and she has all the needs and wants of babies. And I get to be her mom. And it was, and yes, we're doing all these other hard things, but it's also like, as a parent for anyone listening, people will say it was always, I could never do it. I could never do it. And it's like, no, if your child needed open heart surgery, you, you would do, do it, it <laughs> and you would do great. Right. And you would be better off in the end, most likely. Right. Like, um, not always, cause it's not always a good outcome, but she just changed my life forever and for the better because she allowed me to realize so much. And one of the things is like that embracing the unexpected and also started to define for me what makes a human valuable and worthy, which really then put us on this trajectory of the advocacy work that we do. So that's Macy coming home. She was <laughs> so, your first child. Yeah. Yeah. So your first child, you just walked into it and you said, I'm going it. What is the freedom that you feel? Because what is the freedom that you feel when, and I'm all teary talking to you, like <laughs> when you actually release all of the expectations that we need to have a perfect experience. And especially with like motherhood, like we want to mm. have so many things in our control. We want to like, you know, like all these, these lists that people make before they become a mom, there's like lists for everything. It's what not to eat when you're pregnant or how to right. get pregnant. And then when you're having the baby, you have a list of all the different things that you're supposed to get and all the foods. And like, it's just like, we want to get it so perfect and then have this parents put their kids on these lists to go to the perfect school, to right. have the perfect experience. And it's like, all of that, what does it feel like when you throw all of that fear and pressure right out the window from the start of saying, what's perfect is a lie. You mm -hmm. know, what is mm -hmm. perfect in society is a lie. Like, and mm -hmm. I am going to throw that away from the get go. And I'm going to walk into with pure faith. Like, what does it feel like to just be walking with absolute pure faith from the start? Like that freedom. I mean, it, it really, the word that I think of is just relief. It's just like an exhale and a relief. And honestly, though, it's not a one-time thing. It's really, there's a cycle of it, you know? And I, even my daughter Macy now is 14. And when she's so in middle she's school. she's lived way past what they expected her to live. Well, and she's 100% healthy, no oxygen. We just saw her cardiologist this week. And he's like, you can come back in three years. Her heart is great. Like, she's totally fine. Um, wow. Yeah. So she also was my, like, front row seat to miracles. And I got to witness her 
going from like she may not live past a certain age to oh she's she has we have no health issues none she's totally and if you would have said no to macy you would have never seen that miracle wow i never would have had that option and what is that what did that what does that feel like to actually god i'm not going to try to sob talking to you what does that <laughs> feel like being front row to a miracle like that um, it's an incredible privilege. I mean, there, it's really hard to put words on it. It's just, it is an honor and a privilege. It is humbling. And, um, yeah, being all of my kids have rocked my world in their own radical ways. And my son also has down syndrome and had an op- open heart surgery, but he had really... down syndrome and an open heart surgery as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. your two children with down syndromes have both had open heart surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> The emotional roller coaster you have lived on. I mean, your faith is just through the roof, isn't it? Just sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about it is there I like there's a lot of moments of, yeah, there's I've sat in hospital rooms and just had to let go of all of it and just be present. And it's terrifying and relieving at the same time. I think that a, something I'm really grateful for is the lesson of attention, holding attention, like a both and it's so hard and it's so good, right? It's so hard and it's so good at the same time. And we can't put a bow around it. And we live in this culture that's telling us we have to pursue this thing, check this list, tie a nice bow, pursue this thing, check this list, tie a nice bow. And all of us are suffocating under that ideology. Because there is no bow. Even if you think you're tying the bow, it's not real because it's, freaking human beings and life yeah. is messy and stuff is happening. Like there is no bow. Right. But yeah, yeah you're right. I, we think we got to get a bow. Yeah. And I think like going back to what you're saying, what's the feeling of not like in a, as parenting, like there's all the books and eat the things and feed your kid this and sign up for this and do all that. We're, I can't escape that completely. You know, my middle schooler, I'll get, I'll like find myself in this downward spiral of like, but she's not doing A, B, C, and D. But the thing that keeps me like tethered is I, she has given me the gift of an invitation to seeing the intrinsic value and worth in her. And if I can see it in her, then I can see it in others. And more than that, the kicker, I can see it in me. And that's, that's the invitation is that intrinsic value and worth. And what that does for us at the end of the day, what it does for me is I can say, oh gosh, social media and all these people in my life are telling me that I need to do and be and do and be and do and be. But in order to be seen as fully human, by that intrinsic value and worth, I don't have to do any of that. And that is you are relief. here and you are made in God's and image and you enough. are meant to be here exactly as you are. Exactly as you are. And so Mason has <sighs> been an invitation into that, um, into stepping towards that. And and it's... Did you say yeah. Mason? Ma- uh, Macy. Macy. Her name's Mason. 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 M-A-C-Y-N. We call her Macy. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So when did you decide, okay, I already did this incredibly hard thing emotionally, but it was also the greatest thing ever with adopting Macy. When did you say I'm ready to go back in? Um, so she, like I said, she was really, really sick. She was on oxygen for two and a half years and a lot in those first two and a half years, we were at the hospital a ton. Um, but around the time she got off oxygen, shortly after that, she started walking. She was two years, 10 months when she took her first step. And I felt like, let's start the process again. And was and she was not a, supposed to walk? No, she would walk. It just, okay. it takes a lot longer for okay. people. To, it can take people with Down syndrome a lot longer because of low muscle tone and a lot of other issues or reasons. Um, and we knew we wanted another baby, but we were we were open. I had learned a lot in those years, so we went with the with the foster system with um, in, in Southern California, and we were open. That checklist was just like yes to any any child at that. You're point just in like life. let God bring me the one. Look who what yeah look what I was going to say no to, and uh, this is what I got. So oh let me my just not God, be look what I was going to say no to, which the majority of people adopting would have said no to. And you said, mm-hmm. yes. And you were, Oh my God, this is so powerful. Like you are, <laughs> this is huge. Okay. So now yeah, you have so, no fear because you now know, actually your faith and your fearlessness is probably huge now because you're like, I know whatever comes my way with this child is what is meant for me and I can handle it and we can handle it. Exactly. And so you have yeah. no fear, no matter what this next child has, you're ready. Sure. We were ready. And I think that I was afraid, but I think fear, I think that being brave is stepping forward with fear. Like you feel afraid, but you still are doing the thing, right? It's not like I feel free and like, yes, it's gonna be amazing. I've got like butterflies in my stomach, you know, but we get a phone call about a little baby girl who was totally healthy, no disabilities, no health issues. She was five months old. Did we want her? And the answer would be yes, no matter what. So we get this perfectly healthy little girl um, she comes home as a baby, which is pretty rare in the foster care system as an adoptable baby. And um, her name is Truly Star. Truly and, Star. Uh, and she's African-American and Guatemalan, born in California. Um, and she is amazing. She's a force. She's She is just a fierce little girl. I mean, she's her 11 name, now. Truly yeah. Star. I mean, lived into it. Yeah, she's incredible. So she comes home and then it's just juggling two kids and my capacity expanding. And um, How was and, the transition now with Macy and Truly? Um, it was really hard for me because I had, I knew how to parent Macy 
but I didn't know how to parent truly and that it was a completely different experience. Um, and even though we weren't at the hospitals and we weren't, you know, doing all the medical stuff truly was a lot harder for me. Um, I think largely in part, cause she didn't need me. I mean, girl, I've been like, we're like talking about therapy that we've been through over the years, right? Like codependency that I didn't realize I had with my own children and things like that. So that was that she was hard for me to parent because, because she was of, independent. Yes. She didn't need me. Like I needed her to need me. Yikes. Right. Wow. That's something you got to work through as a, as a parent, <laughs> man, it's being, and gosh, your awareness of all this stuff too, because the old way was I'm the mom do as I say, this is my world and da 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 da. But really it's like, this is co-creation and coexist existing with the child. Mm -hmm. And, I was following this this leader. She's her name is Abraham Hicks. She like channels angels and stuff, and I love all that stuff. But she was saying, children who come into this world, they are launching off of us. You know, like yes, I am the parent, but like I am the parent and I guide you with what I know, so you can spring forward and do so much more than me. Like on a different level, you come with different skill sets that are equipped for this next generation that like we don't even know as parents. So yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and. If, absolutely. And there's also with adoption, there's trauma, even in the best case scenario, adoption, the starting point is a severed relationship, which creates trauma. And so raising children with trauma, that literally the physiological connections in their brain are different because of trauma. Um, it is a different experience and one that I've had to be very aware of and parent. I think I would parent differently if I had a child without, without having experienced that trauma. Um, so that's important to note too, but she, I mean, she's in, she's just an incredible human and I can't believe I get to raise her and learn from her, um, and do life alongside her. And she just started middle school and I just pray she still likes me in a few years <laughs> right now. We're cool. We're good. Um, so you said she is biracial. How has that been being a Caucasian woman and having a child who doesn't match your skin tone and is different? What is that? What has that journey been like? Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely harder for her. It will always be than for me because she doesn't had, look like her mom and dad. Yeah. And her identity, she's just going to, it's going to be her, a lifelong journey for her having to figure out who she is, um, with not knowing about that piece. Uh, we don't have a lot of information about her birth family, so she doesn't have any connection to that. And that's huge for her. So it's really, for me, it's been a lot of learning and, um, intentionality and in relationships. So we've tried really to be intentional and in who's in our life that looks like her, making sure we're doing life with people who don't look like us and who do look like her. It's leaving little things like the pictures, the artwork on our walls, the books we read, the shows we watch is predominantly African-American or people of color. Um, the books we read, the characters in our books. So it's a lot of intentionality on our part, a lot of listening to other, to people who know more than we do. It's really humbling. Um, and it's a growth experience that will be forever. So I think it, that intentionality and that awareness part is key. And she gets to have all the questions she needs to have. And, you know, it looks like showing up at Black Lives Rally, Ma Ma Black Lives Matter rallies. It looks like, like, you know, Black Power t-shirts in our family. It looks like reading and understanding black history more than I probably would have if I didn't have a black daughter and I'm, I'm better for it. Wow. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue global. When you come back with a Purdue global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. 
It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So now you're like, okay, I'm ready to go back in again. Yeah. Adopt. How did you decide? You're like, listen, I am, I can do this. I am not just like juggling being a mother and all those emotions. I now have layers upon layers of extra things I'm juggling, but like you are equipped. Like you are so strong. You are equipped in your faith and like what you can handle. And you're like, let's go round three. Yeah. How did you decide that? Yeah. I knew we wanted, um, I knew I wanted three kids. Three was my number and I never felt done with Macy and Truly. And so when Macy was five and Truly was um, two and a half, we started the process again to adopt knowing you'd be like a year later. Cause at that moment in time, I was pretty overwhelmed with the two kids. Macy at five years old was still um, developmentally more like her sister. So in a lot of ways it felt like twins and um, truly again was just a, just a force of nature to raise as a, now as a, an 11 year old and also as a toddler she was. So I thought, well, we'll start the process now in one year from now, I'll be ready and we'll have a child. Like we'll probably start getting phone calls. And the next day, so I fill out all the paperwork. Stop. The next day I get a phone call from a friend who had seen that like we'd fill out the paperwork and posted a picture of our family holding the application. Like Ava's family is growing next year or something. The next day I get a phone call from a friend who said, I just talked to a birth mother who's seven months pregnant, has an in utero diagnosis for Down syndrome, a congenital heart defect. It's a boy. You know, I have two girls. She's like, you should talk to her. So later that day, I'm, I'm like, on oh my Facebook. gosh, can I do this I know. again? Did you feel that? Or were you like called totally. to it immediately? No, totally. It was like, like, gosh, this is a lot. Uh, like you did it obviously with Macy and it was amazing, but like, that's a lot of emotional lot. energy and bandwidth that you have to give. Like just the it's emotional yeah, that it takes. And what does that mean for truly 
um, to have two siblings with Down syndrome. And what does that mean? Like uh, when he needs his open heart surgery and I, and I have two kids at home now and I can't just be in the hospital constantly. And like those things were a lot right, of Right, you're going to be spread so thin. Mm-hmm. And um, that later that day, I was Facebook messaging with his birth mom. And I, and then my husband was at work and he came home and I'm like, read all this. And he said, yeah, I think this is our kid. I said, I think this is our kid. And so we walked those next couple months with his birth mom, which was just, um, sacred and tragic all at the same time. And we got to be at the hospital shortly after he was born. And then we brought him home. He was two days old. Um, and he came home with us and he, his name is August Riker. He had heart surgery at four months old, which is pretty common. That's like around the time when kids with congenital heart defects start to have experience heart failure and then they go and have heart surgery. So he, uh, he's great. His heart condition was a lot more complex. Um, he just saw the cardiologist too, and he's got, he still needs to be seen annually just cause it's. And how old he, is he now? He's eight. Wow. Um, I know. Was, and he's, was he not supposed to live? long either no no his heart i mean heart surgery can always be complicated but it's also car- pediatric cardiologists are just doing this every day you know <laughs> just like open up baby's chest and fixing their hearts which are like the size of a you know like a tiny little i don't even know tiny mm-hmm. <laughs> the size of the baby fist so he it we knew that his heart condition was repairable okay um and then he doesn't have any health issues or anything else and he's he's pretty magical He's just kind of this unbelievable little human that we get to live with. Um, He's clever and, and creative and love, love, loves his family fiercely. Yeah. And so this spurred all of your books. So then you wrote different, a a great thing to be and that became a New York times bestseller. You continued on to write lucky few scoot over and make some room. And now you have everyone belongs. It's your newest children's book out. And we're going to wrap up because I know you have so many amazing things. Like you have so much on your plate. I'm not going to take too much of your time, but tell me just like the heart behind these books and when you knew they were meant to come into the world. Sure. Um, as soon as Macy entered my life, I realized that there were all these outside voices telling me we shouldn't have her like, she, no, don't adopt her. Um, she enters into the world as se- being seen as less human. She's working twice as hard to be seen as half as much in life. And she is an incredible human being fully as she is with Down syndrome. And so how do we, how do we can switch that disconnect, right? Society's telling us this one thing. And then people who love a person with Down syndrome don't feel that way. We don't feel that way, um, but we did, but now we don't because we have a real living, breathing person. So relationship is really important. And if you can't have proximity and relationship to a person who's different than you, what can you have? Resources. So here are some books. Let me tell you a story about kids who have disabilities who are really great. And let's open up that conversation um, to learn more, to be curious and to say, Hey, I, this, I don't know about this, but I want, I want to know this person more, this character in this book. Um, and then it opens up that, uh, that opportunity for relationship to someone who's different, who then really shifts that narrative, that harmful narrative that people with disabilities are less than, or people, our differences are less. It shifts that narrative to the truth of no disabled people are good and wonderful as they are and an asset to me and the world. And our differences are assets, not things to shy away from, but things to embrace and celebrate. So that's what have you seen happen since these books have come out and when is everyone belongs coming out? And I read it. It's incredible. When, when does this coming out and what have you seen happen since these books have been in the world? Yeah. Everyone belong came out this in, in August. So it's, oh, it's okay. It, it came out. Mm-hmm. It just came mm-hmm. out fresh August 9th. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. I didn't know if it had um, just been, Okay, great. That's awesome. 
Everyone needs to and, get this book. And this is the book that everyone needs to give as gifts because this is like, you know, you always give gifts of books to new parents. Like this is the one that needs to be the top book that people give. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. It's really kind. Um, I mean, it's so just the messages that I get from people, like the messages of parents raising kids with disabilities and people with disabilities saying being represented in a book is just so huge. They're like they've never seen themselves before in a book. This is huge. And then parents who are saying, I read this to my kid and, and they didn't know what this person was in the book, this character, what their disability was. And we just had a whole conversation about it. And they're going to school tomorrow with like the ability to see others as worthy and in a way that I know is going to affect the whole classroom. Um, I mean, it's been, it's incredible. It's so humbling and honoring to get to know that people are reading these words and it's changing their lives. Yeah. You are incredible, Heather. I always wrap up with leave your light. What do you want people to know? Oh gosh. I want people to know no matter where you are at today, right this moment, you are enough. You are enough. You are living and breathing and there's value and worth in you just because of who you are at this moment. So just, just take a deep breath and know that you are good and you are enough and you are deeply loved just as you are. And the bow isn't real. Get rid of the no. thought that you can tie it up with a bow because you miss all the blessings when you're looking for the bow. Yes. I love that. Oh man. Okay. So where can everyone find you? Give us your quick uh, uh, resource to like, where do they can find you and get your stuff? Sure. HeatherAvis.com. Um, if you're on social media, you can follow us at the lucky few official. Amazing. And you have a podcast, a podcast called the lucky few podcast. Um, I co-host with two moms who have kids with down syndrome and the whole podcast is around down syndrome. We talk just the three of us, our experiences. We have experts on in every field. We're almost to 200 episodes. So there's lots, lots of good stuff there. Amazing. Heather Avis, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.